The Premier Ultimate League Podcast is sponsored by Layout Gloves. Layout is excited to announce that they're back for a second year as the official glove of the Premier Ultimate League. You'll be able to get custom gloves with any PUL team logo on them and the league logo at layoutultimate.com. Let's do this thing totally different because otherwise what are we doing? Welcome everybody to season two, episode one of the Premier Ultimate League podcast. My name is Bonesaw. I am the commissioner of the league, and I am also one of the folks who helps with the Austin Torch. And we're really excited to be back for a second season. And this year on the podcast, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. Um, we're going to have three co-hosts because we now have three employees of the league, and we thought it'd be fun to have us three be the hosts of the Premier Ultimate League podcast. And so this season, we're going to have uh, three segments to our podcast. The first segment is going to be the three hosts kind of just dishing about the league and talking about you know, signings and, and stats and who's playing well and, and all that kind of stuff. And then we're going to take some Q&A in the middle section. And then the last section will be usually interviews with players or coaches or other people associated with the league as the season goes along. For this first one, though, we're going to do some intros to uh, the other two folks who are helping to um, get this league going in year two and will be serving as hosts of the podcast. And so let's bring them on right now. Hannah Leathers. Hannah, why don't you tell the the crowd? I mean, I know everybody already knows who you are and everything about you, but just for those two or three in the community who don't know you yet, give a little spiel about who you are and how you came to be here on the pulp. Sure. Thanks, Bonsa. Um, as he said, I'm Hannah Leathers. Um, I have, as of lately, worn a lot of weird hats in the ultimate world. I used to be a player, um, played for Ozone for a long time, the University of Georgia, um, and then moved on to um, play Molly Brown, where I unfortunately suffered some pretty horrible injuries and have not since been able to play. Um, so I've kind of taken on some new roles recently. Uh, we'll be coaching Molly Brown this upcoming season, um, as well as did some coaching last year, um, and have taken on, as Bonesaw said, um, some more administrative roles in Frisbee, including being the business development associate for the poll. Um, and a little bit about my role with the poll. Um, I am working on basically what the job sounds like, how to develop the league, um, both financially, um, as well as just generally how to stay mission driven and make sure that we're holding ourselves accountable to um, what we have set out to do and try and do it to the best of our ability. So I'm sort of Wearing a lot of hats in that aspect, as well as um, my role in the Ultimate community, um, have also um, done some activism work. Um, if you were around for the AUDL boycott, that was that was me, along with a lot of other folks, um, and have um, yeah worked on just several other things, but am now focusing on working for the poll. Yeah, that's great, and I think you know. Your job description title when, when the uh, executive committee was putting it together was intentionally left a little bit vague, partially because, and actually for both of y'all, we just, the league was really just looking for the best teammate we could find to just kind of get on our team. Um, and so in, in, in true style with that, you, you know, you've joined as uh, technically to help with some fundraising and business development, but you've also really helped out a lot with many other areas, like you've put together these cool slide decks um, that are not only able to be used for fundraising, but also just for, you know, how we promote the league. And then also in a lot of equity work, I know you're working on the equity subcommittee as well, and just, um, lending your ideas in general. So, um, I think when you say you are already wearing a lot of hats, it's obviously very, very accurate already. <laughs> um, 
So welcome to the not only the podcast but to the to the league itself. And not that it's really my job to welcome you, but I happen to be hosting today's podcast. So, <laughs> and then next up we have Julia Johnson. I'm not sure that the public has even uh, heard that you were the the new hire for the league um, after a really fun and um, inspiring job search. We put the the league put the the word out that we were looking for a new um, league administrator. And we got over 25 applicants, and we made sure to interview all of them. And uh, there was just a lot of really fantastic candidates, many of whom would have done a great job. Um, but we were all extremely excited to, to choose you and that you chose us. And so uh, maybe tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Bonsa. Um, I didn't discover Ultimate until college. Uh, I went to USC down in Los Angeles, so a lot of my frisbee experience as a player and an organizer um, are in the southern california region um, i two years ago moved to seattle where uh so i've been playing with seattle underground the past couple seasons and before that i commuted down to san diego to play with san diego wildfire um i am soon going to be moving to colorado um so club team for 2020 to be determined, but I'm really excited to get in to organizing and working with people from pole, especially along the East coast. Um, I don't have a lot of Frisbee roots there. And so it's been really exciting to meet new people and work towards building the season and the league. Um, a lot of the work I'm doing as the league administrator involves logistics and, coordinating and facilitating conversations and kind of keeping tabs on things in a number of realms. Um, we're hiring a lead observer. We're accepting bids for a championship weekend. There's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that even I didn't know about to get this league uh, running and you know getting better and better every year. So it's been really exciting. I didn't say where I was from. Was I supposed to do that? You can do whatever Atlanta. you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll do, yeah, I'll just say it. And then your brother can do whatever with these lines. Also, I'm sweating and I have really bad stage fright. <laughs> I'm like literally well, yeah, in a full you sweat. You also are a liar. You have done a podcast. I've listened to you all. Okay. Oh, I'll burn it all down, which is I, a very widely listened to podcast. Seriously. I realized that as I nodded no, and I was like, I did do that one time, yeah. but I was like alone in a closet <laughs> and no one could see me. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I, maybe you're, yeah, I'll just say I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, just like Hannah. I grew up playing soccer with her sister. And so we have that uh, previous connection. And then I moved out to LA for school. Oh, right on. And here, the, by the way, the trick is I said we're going to edit stuff out, but we're actually not going to edit anything because the fun stuff is the goof ups. <laughs> so <laughs> we're all screwed. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, how, how, would we, how would we edit out the fact that your last podcast you did in a closet because you were, you were at stage fright even though nobody can even see you? <laughs> I think I blacked it out. Like, I don't really remember it or anything I said, and I did not listen to it afterwards. That's great. Well, just so you know, although we're on video chat, nobody else is going to be able to see what we're actually doing. <laughs> Great. Uh, so is it possible, yeah. this is a side note, but is it possible that you're going to go to Denver and try out for Molly Brown and Hannah will have to be the one to decide whether to take you on the team or not? I think that is the likelihood of the next club season. That's so exciting. 
yeah, I'll have to make a good impression at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's that's one of the one of the many little subplots that are fun about this league. Is like, for example, you know, two two women will will have, you know, be dishing it out on a on a board call, you know, talking about rules stuff or whatever. It might be like somebody from Columbus, another player from Nashville, and then like later that week, they'll be like also on the field, like battling it out. You know, that's one thing I kind of love about about how this kind of league works being run by mostly by players, you know? Um, anyhow, well, it's great to have y'all three, y'all two, us three, sorry. And for the listener, <laughs> just a little backstory. I, my wife and I just had our first child and you're probably going to hear me bragging about her a lot. Her name is Ramona. And that also means that I'm on very low sleep. So apologies if my brain is a little slow today, but she's going to be a PUL star starting in 2038. <laughs> just so you know so we got to keep it going until 2038 <laughs> but as far as the teams joining the Premier Ultimate League we've added four new teams and it's in line with the goal that we the league didn't want to expand more than 50% so uh, Minnesota Strike Milwaukee Monarchs DC Shadow and the Portland Maine Rising which I think was a surprise to a lot of folks uh, was that a surprise to y'all was it, tell me about how you you how that news was met for you two that there was a main team was that surprising or what what was the vibe there yeah you know i think i don't i don't want to say it was surprising because i ought to be honest have not spent any time in the northeast and don't have a lot of connections there so i am i was surprised but i am not well informed about northeast ultimate so um i think i'm i'm really excited to get to to learn you know about the players up there um and i did some kind of background snooping on all of the team's tryouts who have happened so far. Um, and I'm specifically curious about if Brute Squad players are going to travel up to Portland to possibly play. Um, and I did see a few players were at their tryout, so that will be, mm. I think, an interesting storyline um, for their development as well as just getting to know um, players that I personally don't know a lot about. Yeah, I agree. I had a pretty similar thought process. I am not that familiar with the Northeast geographically as well. So it wasn't until a little bit later that I realized how close um, Portland is to Boston and that um, that accessibility that they have to those players. So I'm super excited. Um, you know, they have Coog coaching. Alex Odie's on their um, on their founding player group. And so I think they'll be able to bring in a lot of top players to really build a community there uh, locally as well. Right on. Yeah, and just to stir the, the rumor pot, I, I think I saw Amber Senecrope in the mix of the oh, tryout pool. Snap. She's a personal favorite of mine, so I hope, hope fingers crossed, she signs on. <laughs> you just can't wait to get to our rumor section of this podcast, can you? <laughs> You're just going to get it going early. <laughs> That's great. Wow. I, yeah, I hope that she plays. I can't wait to see that about Boston either. What is it? Uh, is it like two or three hours from Boston area up to Portland? Something yeah. Like that? yeah. Whatever. However long all those vacationers from, from Massachusetts, you know, who go up to Maine, <laughs> however long that is. Um, yeah, I was, I, when their app came in, I just, I was excited to see it, but I was also just, it immediately was just like, I just had a big smile on my face because it was exactly what this league I feel like is all about, where it's like, you know, reading just the first page of their application, it was about how they, they have this great ultimate scene that just hasn't had a, a spotlight shined on it yet and is like primed to like really 
grow into that next level, you know, with a little bit more excitement, a little bit more attention, a little bit more, you know, kind of just energy that it can really, you know, get the attention that they've always wanted to have. And I think that's one of the main things with this league is to trying to elevate uh, smaller markets um, who don't get the same, haven't had the same exposure in the USAU, you know, kind of club circuit. And so it just made sense immediately to me. Plus the um, Maddie and Chloe who are running that team are just were immediately impressive and you know, as evidenced by they've got like five TV news stories and three articles. Like, I don't know who their publicity, what their publicity plan is, but they are killing it. <laughs> I think it is interesting. I mean, even in kind of doing research for this podcast and like whether it was rumors or facts or any of those things, like being on the West Coast and not knowing a lot about like the PUL or the people that were involved um, as like a fan of the league, I think it is insightful to kind of hear how these things work. Like we see players traveling from pretty far away to play. Um, and I think as someone who like doesn't necessarily have that opportunity to do that, um, I think it's cool to hear about kind of what is happening behind the scenes, maybe in like a basic level, maybe not in like the <laughs> every Google doc way. <laughs> yeah, definitely agree. Um, so that so yeah, there you go. That's where we're at. That's how the league's generally operating. We have calls every week, and uh, we just try to. I just kind of keep reminding everybody that we're just you know this is not to say that we don't have a plan, but generally making it up together as we go. Um, you know, everybody seems to keep checking back in with you know, hey, we're making a brand new league. We can do whatever we want. We can do it differently than anybody else if we want to, and that has been really freeing and fun to do with this group together. Because at every turn, it's just you can think, well, do we want to do it that way? Or am I just thinking that this is how it should be done because this is how every other sports league has done it? Um, yeah, so. I think that's such a cool piece that I've been really interested in just joining. You know, recently, you know, one uh, example of that that comes to mind is this last week on the board call, we were talking about our infractions um, and misconduct policy. Um, and we had a really long extended conversation about whether ejections were necessary and what language we should be using in our operations and in our rules manual, Um, especially with our kind of equity and um, our equity mission statement of, you know, trying to look at everything through that lens. We had a long conversation about how bias could play into certain players um, experiencing misconduct um, infractions against them more often than others, which was really interesting. So, you know, I mean, the sentiment of like, we can do this thing however we want to do this thing is a really interesting one. And I wish that the public was privy to every single conversation that we had about how we can do things differently because it's really, really neat. Definitely. But even if they can't, I mean, I mean, I admit I never thought about that and how like bias might play into like foul calls and like, and like all that kind of, I never thought about it until it came up the other day on a call. Um, but even just, even if I hadn't been able to hear the internal discussions, just seeing whenever it comes out, you know, the new, the new rules or seeing it in practice, I think we'll, we'll send that message and teach that lesson to a lot of people who are just following the league in general. Cause you know, I think the more we continue to develop that reputation for, for doing things our own way and like doing things intentionally, I think people will start to even look for those things more and they'll start to just come out more naturally on their own. Um, thanks to the work that y'all are doing <laughs> to push those kind of things. I like Hannah, you and I seem to be on the same page a lot about like, how, how far can we push it? Like the more we can push it, the better, you know, the more weird, we, not weird, but differently the league can do stuff, um, the better. I mean, why not try it? You know, <laughs> it can always pull back a little bit. I mean, why not see how far we can go? 
Yeah, Bones on and I pushed the agenda thing this past week was you should be able to appeal everything that is um, decided by an observer because if not, that's sort of a like, you know, one person holding the power and they may have a bias. And if you can't challenge that in some way, how is that, um, you know, within our mission? So that, that I think it was received well. And it's also, yeah, I think we're on the same page a lot about let's do this thing totally different because otherwise what are we doing? Nice. Did that pass? That is a good question. I think the, um, the rules are still, the language is still being modified, but, um, it, it did. Yeah. There's a new, um, bias clause in the, um, rules manual that I think is given to, to teams, um, about being able to, um, appeal, appeal clause and, um, calls, excuse me, and how, um, that process can happen. Nice. On, on the field or off the field. Yeah. Related to rules, but a little bit as an aside, do y'all know if the Lee, if the PUL and the WUL are using the same rule set or where that's at? Yeah. Um, our rules committee and some of the folks in charge of the WUL rules connected on a conference call just yesterday, I think, and have plans for a couple more future calls just to, you know, kind of give them our insight from our experiences last season and kind of where we have reworked some of those um, touch points of like things that came up from teams or from observers in, in our first season. I don't think the intention is for them to adopt our complete rule set. I know they will be rewrite, they will be writing their own uh, rules and operations manual and all of those things. But I do think there is, very much a shared, that's not what I wanted to say. I do think there is an established line of communication and there is an openness on both sides to support each other and to be able to, you know, talk through some of those things. Yeah. I, I, I'm very interested to see where that particular piece um, lands as far as using the rule set. I mean, I know in general that the two groups have talked about it. If, the more we stay aligned and parallel, the easier it will be eventually to, to merge, you know, because there'll be less to kind of undo or, or integrate. Um, but it'll be, you know, very interesting to see if they, if they do a very similar rule set. I mean, I'm not having even yet heard if they're going to do observers or, or refs. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to do observers, but um, can't wait to find that stuff out. Um, so speaking of that kind of stuff, I think this would be a good, good time to take some fan questions. What do you all think? Let's do it. Sounds great. All right. First question here comes from 10 Yard Backhand on Twitter, at 10 Yard Backhand. By the way, make sure you follow the PUL on Twitter. Uh, we're going to be taking fan questions every week or every other week for this podcast. And if we choose your question, we'll send you something sometime, probably a disc. Um, so this person, 10 Yard Backhand, says, when is the super championship between the two leagues, and when will the 4K footage be made available? Uh, I can take the second half of that question, which is there is no 4K footage yet, but someday... We'll definitely have some 4K footage, especially when your TV can handle it. Uh, how about the Super Championship? Y'all have any rumors about a, a championship game between the two leagues? Or I think it's a great idea. Let's make it happen. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to help organize and facilitate that for 2021. Um, it's been super exciting to see the Western Ultimate League announcing player signings, kind of in in step with the PUL teams announcing. And so I think that's generating a lot of hype and it'd be really cool to see all these 
leagues and divisions merge for a game. Sure would. I, is the word on the street that's not happening this year, though? I don't think it will be happening this year, but 2021, I think it could happen. That's kind of where I seem to lie as well. I mean, on the one, as a fan, I want to see it. As an organizer, I'm like, please, let's not try to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from a fundraising perspective, if there are any funders out there that just want to pay for one giant championship game, let us know. There you go. Okay, it's been put out there. That's what it's going to take to make it happen in 2020. 10-yard backhand, there's your answer. Let's take another question. Uh, Hannah, what do you think? Choose one. Oh, I like this one. Uh, this question comes from Leah Sinajini. Um, she is asking us, with Revolution as last year's champion and most likely the favorite to win again, which team do you think can beat them in the playoffs and win the championship and why? Ooh. Uh, I mean, I think... Uh, I don't know exactly how the format of championship weekend is going to work, so this could be completely off. But my my favorite has got to be the Soul, to be honest. I, their matchups last year were amazing. Um, it could be a hometown bias, but I think that team is really insanely talented and matches up with Revolution's speed really well um, and athleticism. And I think that they um, they showed that they could match up really well last year and definitely do so again this year i think despite the 0-3 record against them last year it wasn't 0-3 but i i feel like those games were just like fiery you know they were pretty good oh they were so good especially that semifinals game you know double yeah. overtime um i mean there's a lot of assumptions in this question first of all that revo is going to have the same roster for one i mean i know there's some key players um you know valerius has injured correct and, yep. uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. They had a couple of U.S. pickups, Kayla Helton. I mean, maybe, who knows if she's not going to, maybe she'll play with the new West Coast team. She's um, uh, already signed with San Diego Super Bloom, and she actually broke her nose at no. tryouts last weekend. No. Um, so she's now rocking the, the face mask like we've seen on a lot of players that have had that same injury. But I'm not sure if she'll be uh, playing with them since she'll be doing double duty. She's also assistant coaching the San Diego AUDL team. So Holy she's got God. her hands full. Wow. Well, actually, I yeah. think I think a team by our operations manual can't play for any other professional team. Is that accurate? So I don't think she could play for both. Okay, then she's out. Yeah. So there could, so, yeah. be, could be some other question marks coming from that team. You know, I also, Revo last year, you know, their schedule's tough. They come over and they do back-to-back games. Then they have to chill in America for a while, which is just tiring in general, just being on the road as a former touring and once again will be touring musician uh just being on the road is tough you know and they had some closer games i think than they thought they might you know yeah as as regular season. i actually i actually would pick a a new team to potentially make it to the finals whether they're playing revolution or not and i'd probably go with milwaukee uh just based on who they've announced they they've already signed uh austin prucha who was the 2019 defensive player of the year in the pul moving over from Indianapolis. Uh, they've already signed Georgia Bosher, who is a, a household name in Frisbee uh, for all of her accolades. They have some really solid other players coming from different teams, Rose Glinka, Katie Stanton. Um, they've done a lot of work with Heist and um, in the mix scene. So I'm going to go with them. 
I gotta say, I was thinking the same thing. And they, they have to come play Torch too in our second home game. And I was like, oh man, that's gonna be a tough one. They had something like 140 people try out for that team. Wow. Which is just unreal. And they draw from, you know, such a, a pretty good, you know, Chicago's right there. You know, obviously uh, Madison is close by. I agree. They're, they're a team to watch. We're all kinds of rumors here, or, you know, conjecture, I would say here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you, Julia. Any team with Georgia Bosher, don't rule them out. Well, we'll have to find out. Um, have any of y'all seen Ness Kennedy? Is that her last name? She's on the PUL board, one of the people starting that team. She's playing for the team, too. Is that right? She yeah. is. I, have you ever seen her play or played against her? I have not. Gotcha. I, I personally, I can't wait to see some of these new board members actually play because who I haven't really gotten to see yet. Um, and she's one, too. I, I'm looking forward to. Um, Julia, you want to choose one of these questions? I don't even know how to answer the last one that's been asked. <laughs> so should we move to storylines? I can just read that question. Let's if we do want it. To. Let's go to storylines. Right. Let's take it to the rumor section. Great. Um, so we have a question uh, from... Rohan? Is that how you... Are you saying their handle or their name? I don't know. Good luck with either of these. Great. <laughs> Do both. Okay. Uh, we, we have a question from Rohan at Hi, I'm Hinroski. <laughs> and he's asking uh, for any storylines that we should look out for this season. And I know Hannah's been ready to go with storylines and rumors. So we'll kick it off to her first. Oh, wait. Can we do like a little jingle? It's called Storylines and Rumors to introduce our next section. Yeah, definitely. Do we want to just try to make it up a cappella right here? Or should we see if Hope <laughs> can just put one in? Nope. Got to do it yourself. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count it in and we're just going to sing it. Storylines and Rumors. Ready? All together. That's all, that's all you. You're the. No, you're no, 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 no. We have to see. What if we'll magically hit the exact same melody? The same my time. art, my art, a note or the words. <laughs> One, two, three. Storylines and rumors. What the heck? <laughs> Y'all left me you hanging. Okay, we'll, we'll get Hogue to do one. <laughs> Storylines and rumors, intrigue, innuendo, and inaccuracy. Okay, well, here comes our our third and final section of today's podcast. It's called Storylines and Rumors. And uh, I know that Hannah's been doing some serious zooming in and creeping on some of these tryout pictures. So what do you got for us so far as far as uh, potential signings or rumors you might see on other rosters just from tryout uh, picks? You know, thanks for ratting me out. I'm creepy. We're all doing the same see. thing. No, we just see these team signs. So I realized that every team has been posting all of their tryout pictures and that you could just zoom right in and look at who's trying out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so some exciting faces that I saw um, in those pictures were um, Paige Soper. I saw try out, tried out for the Pride. She's a favorite of mine to watch. Um, I saw Raha Mozafari tried out for the Gridlock. Oh, no way. One of the just most insane athletes I've ever seen. Can't wait for that one. She's a Philadelphia uh, player, area player, is that right? Yes, she is. She's a She plays for AMP. She's a yeah, longtime mixed player who is, and she's also played on um, a national team or two. Um, really amazing player. Um, let's see who else. I saw that Erica Bacon, who is also a very heralded mixed player, um, tried out for Strike, Ooh. which is huge. Um, and I also saw that uh, Katie Crayley 
aka Butters, try it out for DC Shadow, which is really exciting. That's some good zooming. I saw uh, <laughs> former Austinite Holly Denicor also on the Minnesota tryouts. She's uh, a great, used to play Showdown a lot. She's also now on Dragon Thrust. Um, came, had a baby like two years ago and came back last year to play Dragon Thrust. Saw her on the picture. I'm hoping that she makes a squad. Who else have you have you seen anybody else in these in our in our, in our creeping on the pictures, Julia? Um, I I also made note of the names that Hannah mentioned. I also saw Rachel Kramer uh, trying out for Portland Rising. She's on Brood Squad and also another uh, Atlanta Atlanta person. Um, I don't know if I saw. I didn't do as much creeping as. Uh, as Hannah, to be honest, <laughs> I, I, I kind of, you know, I we all take research to mean different things. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, what, what was your style of research? Um, I I did some more research in terms of, I guess, other like more factual things, like <laughs> looking into like people that are that are signed on as coaches or some of the recent announcements um our teams are kind of rolling them out in different ways at different paces so we're not interested in facts in this rumor mill yeah over here. this is i this know is now i know only. <laughs> i'll come ready for next week's rumors no we'll get to some of those for sure the, the actual facts but um one that i saw that i freaked out about for a second was i saw uh gina cartagena at the gridlock tryouts and yeah, she, like, lived, she lived in New York for a little while. I imagine she'll probably play for Revolution. Freaked me out, too. But yeah. um, I, I did get confirmation that she was she's heading back to Columbia and she's playing for Revolution. Yeah, yeah. I think she left, like, just the other day. Any but other... she did a lot of good work in New York. Awesome. Um, she actually spent some time in Austin last year and coached at uh, my wife's camp, uh, Texas, Texas Ultimate Summer Camp, the week before... Um, championship weekend then flew out to Atlanta it was great um, tried to get her I, you know got her in a torch jersey she played in a scrimmage but couldn't get her to commit to the torch for this year <laughs> speaking of the torch I was not able to go to the tryouts because that's the day that Ramona was born but I did see uh, one notable creeper my own creeping uh, Sarah Levin Slev if y'all know her she's former you know Team USA she hasn't played on the torch the last two years but she's out there in those pictures so I'm hoping that uh, she ends up playing that's really exciting. Yeah. I think she's a bit of a difference maker. How about non-picture creeping? Any other rumors you've heard of people going where? I mean, like, you know, what do y'all got? Give me some more rumors. <laughs> you must have inside intel, Hannah. Come I, on. I have a few that I've been sworn to secrecy about. So I'll withhold about all <laughs> Molly Brown and or Colorado uh, <laughs> situations. But um, we're hoping that some Molly Brown players will playing the poll um and that's all i can say okay i've heard some of those rumors too but okay <laughs> <Me> as well <laughs> uh how about some factual signings and whatnot why don't you give us the real stuff julia who's uh who are some of the big name signings that we've had so far hey, yeah Ruth, i think I've heard, i've got facts too come on okay all right i'm just kidding Go ahead, julia. <laughs> um yeah i think we've we've seen a lot of exciting new signings uh DC Shadow signed Jenny Fay. They signed Carolyn Normile, um, Eliza Pugh. They, those are the three they've announced so far, and all pretty heavy hitters um, for them. Minnesota announced 
their first seven. They have Sarah Mextroth, uh, the ultimate world knows her from a pretty uh, boisterous career with Dragon Thrust in the mixed division and also on one or two national teams. Um, they have Chip Chang commuting from from Colorado to play with them. Uh, she spent a couple years in the Minnesota community on Dragon Thrust and on Pop in the club scene. Um, let's see. We talked about Milwaukee already. Um, Speaking of Milwaukee, I was, you know, I was curious in the beginning to see if Robin Fennig would stay, because she lives up there, right? If she'd stay and play up there, or if she would um, come back to Atlanta. She made such a big impact for the Soul last year. But uh, not only did Atlanta lock her up, but then they've got her as a captain this year. So but that was an interesting interesting signing and an exciting signing for Atlanta, for sure. Yeah, and um, Gridlock actually, out of New York, just released... Uh, a couple players for them returning, Cassie Wong, Tulsa Douglas, also from Brute Squad, uh, Stasi, Tangerlini, and Lauren Woods are pretty uh, rooted in the New York scene, doing great things. And they actually, New York is a one of the cities, too, that has a lot of players try out and eventually on the team from a lot of different areas, um, just up and down the East Coast. Um, they have Amy Zhou from D.C., um, Linda Morris is from Philadelphia. So, you know, I think what's really cool is the PUL and the professional model, like allowing players to join other teams outside of their city and have that accessibility and just play with new people. We have a number of, a number of teams that haven't released any, any signings yet. Um, you know, Raleigh Radiance was in the, in the championship weekend last year and they haven't we haven't heard a peep from them. So, true. you know, there's yeah. probably a lot in the works that we don't know about. That is for sure. Um, can I bring you back to what you were just talking about, about New York drawing from a bigger region and ton of new players playing in different regions. Um, it's been something I've been thinking about. I think a lot of folks have been thinking about, and I heard it came up on last week's call um, about just kind of where the league sort of stands. You know, the league is so new. It's still so sort of community based, but it's also a professional league. And so you want to get the best players there. Um, Maybe if there's not a team in one one player's city, why wouldn't they want to go play for another team? Like you were talking about with Molly Brown, maybe from Denver going to play in some other teams. You know, maybe like the Torch. I'm just putting that out there. Um, so, where what's the vibe within the league about like how in line bringing out of region players in is with the league's mission, or you know, where do people seem to be standing on that issue? Yeah, I mean, I think this this topic is a really really interesting one with the poll in particular. You know, I think in professional sports, there is sort of this model of, of signing the best athletes, you know, um, and having them travel from wherever to play for those teams because getting, you know, most excellent athletes to participate in the league is sort of the goal. Um, whereas with the poll, you know, our mission is obviously to put on professional women X ultimate, but it's also to um, increase equity um, in ultimate and visibility um, as well as strive for economic, racial, and gender diversity, which really kind of, you know, inserts the question of, well, if players are traveling from across the country to play on a team, what does their role become in, um, you know, striving for that mission with the teams on the ground in the areas that they're playing for? Um, if someone has to travel to a game and, you know, the only time that a team sees them is at, you know, these, these five games during the season and they don't have the capacity to um, work with the team on outreach um, and on all of these sort of 
uh, equity-based and or, you know, community-based efforts, um, you know, how, how does that play into the team's decisions to, to sign people from um, out of region? Um, so there was a really interesting kind of conversation on the board call last week about that. And I think a lot of folks sort of feel um, a lot of different types of ways about it, um, which I think is fair. Um, I think a, a lot of um, the teams have interpreted the mission in different ways and are doing a lot of different types of work in their communities. Um, and so, you know, for example, um, I know that, you know, actually let's not go there. Because go there, go I'll there. Spoil people's no, let's <laughs> out, go there. Outreach plans. Okay. For example, um, you know, the gridlock is really focusing on, um, community involvement and outreach this year. Um, and they are, um, of the opinion that they would rather not sign athletes from across the country because they won't be able to put in um, as much work um, on the ground, um, which I totally understand. And at the same time, um, to me, you know, signing athletes, especially um, diverse, you know, people is a way to gain visibility for women ex athletes, um, which is also part of the mission. So I think it's sort of, you know, this really interesting conversation of how do you, how do you uh, strategically choose um, players from where um, to carry out your teams and the league's mission the best you can? I'm, you know, to be honest, I'm sort of of the opinion that the league should sign on the best athletes it can get, and that I think what a really interesting piece that is sort of, is sort of already developing, that, but that I hope that will sort of solidify in the future is um, a lot of teams are adopting this kind of. Um, I'm not sure the language exactly, but sort of requirement that um, players do some type of uh, mission-based outreach and or work um, as, as they um, sign on to the team. That's a part of their agreement. Um, and I think that, you know, if, like you were saying, if a player is from, from far away and can't do the work on the ground, um, there's a lot of other things that they can do to drive the mission. And, you know, something that, I've been thinking a lot about too, is these really um, highly competitive athletes are not only um, assets to the teams, they are already like hyper visible, you know, which gives them a platform to be able to do this work in an even more visible way than even sometimes the pull can. I mean, Manuela Cardenas has like 10,000 followers on Instagram, you know, like (laughs) these platforms are giant and we, you know, if, if that requirement does sort of, um, pan out in the future, I think it could be really interesting as we sort of sign on these hyper-visible athletes um, at how that affects the the mission, um, the mission's reach. Yeah, definitely agree. But uh, let's just give a quick um, kind of timeline for what fans can expect to see from the PUL between now and, you know, opening poll, which is what date? April 2nd? April 3rd? I should know that. Um, April 4th. April 4th. Okay. Opening polls, April 4th. Uh, Julia, what happens between now and then? What are kind of the big, big moments or dates people should be looking out for? Yeah, we have a lot of exciting things popping up, uh, both familiar and unfamiliar. Um, I think the, the biggest thing will be our sponsor, a player program. We're going to bring back it with a couple, um, wait, not adjustments. What's like a more positive word for adjustments? Enhancements? Yeah. Great, sure. 
Uh, yeah, between now and uh, the opening poll, we'll have our sponsor, our player program back through VC. Um, that'll go live on March 2nd. And I think the cool thing about that this year is we will be announcing our full team player rosters um, with that. That, that's this is worded very weirdly <laughs> what am i trying to say <laughs> the rosters will be announced that date as long as us three can keep the team from leaking their information i tell you everybody's chomping at the bit to, to tell their news and we've got to keep them to keep the news under wraps uh so if we're able to do that yeah five o'clock eastern on may 2nd that's not may 2nd march 2nd excuse me launch of that sponsored march player program 2nd. march 2nd uh also one thing to add to that is this year we're going to do a special alternate jersey that will only be for the sponsored player program. I'm not sure that's been out there yet. but So each team's going to have their light and dark jersey that they'll wear during the games. Fans will be able to buy those on the VC website throughout the season. But if you want to sponsor a player, there's going to be an alternate jersey that will only be available to those sponsors, um, which is going to be super cool. It's, I think in most cases it's like an inverted of their dark. Although I think the torch are doing a black version of their white jersey, for example, that looks sweet. So that's going to be another new, new thing to look for there. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, other, other kind of things you'll be hearing about, some, some more announcements about the official sponsors for the league will be coming out soon, including the sponsor of today's podcast, Layout Gloves, which is the official, back for a second year, is the official glove sponsor of the PUL. You like how I... Work that in there today. <laughs> I'll tell you what. The layout gloves are not only just good for playing ultimate. I went to the gym yesterday, and my wife was worried about picking up germs for our new baby who has no immune system yet because she's only 10 days old. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wear my gloves, my layout gloves, when I go to the gym so I'm not actually touching any stuff. And then I put <laughs> antibacterial stuff on it, and it was great. So layout gloves, sponsoring this podcast, and also keeping my newborn child from picking up any weird diseases from the gym. Thank Amazing. <laughs> also, uh, lifting blisters. Really, a lot of a lot of benefits here. Yeah, I mean they're good for gardening too. I actually the the, <laughs> the, the coach of the torch last year. I, I went over to her house and she was using them to garden, and just this, whatever. Is this the marketing they want? <laughs> Multi-purpose gloves. <laughs> <laughs> it was an open-ended endorsement of this podcast. We're just supposed to talk about how great they are, and that you know it's not just for ultimate. Okay. <laughs> also, I've started to use them for my drumming. Not. Not for any <clears throat> reason in particular, just to look cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other news we should share here before we hop off? Where should people, if they want to donate to the league, what should they do, Hannah? Yeah, you know, I've got a lot of like nerdy updates that hopefully are interesting to you as in- as they are. To- Sorry, let me start that over. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a lot of um, possibly nerdy updates on my end. I hope that they're as interesting to you as they are to me um but we are internally working on um an annual report um, with lots of good breakdown information of our 2019 season including um kind of how we feel we performed on our mission um how much money we spent all the really good stuff you want to know about um that we'll be publishing to um the public in a week or two, which is cool. Um, as far as fundraising goes, um, the as Julia was talking about the player sponsorship program, um, which will be launching in March, um, we are also um, doing some um, individual fundraising cultivating. Um, 
which um, I feel like I would like to give a little bit of information about how those two um, fundraising efforts work together, um, or maybe a little bit of clarification. Um, the player sponsorship programs um, funds um, will be used mostly and given back mostly to the teams bank accounts, whereas the fundraising efforts that I am spearheading um, will be funding the league's um, overall operations. Um, so the work that I'm doing is a little bit more um, behind the scenes um, with the intention of not overshadowing the player sponsorship program because both are very important. Um, but both the teams and the league are certainly in need of funding for the 2020 season. Um, so if you are an individual who can give a little or a lot, um, please contact me. Uh, I'd be happy to give you more information. Um, you can email me at puldevelopment at gmail.com and or find me on the internet and or call me and or Instagram me. Let's, let's do it. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of, we got a lot of fine, uh, fundraising needs for the year. So um, yeah, cut, cut that part out. Hug. Thanks. No, that's perfect. It stays Hannah. I mean, that's, that's what people need to know. I mean, people want to, they're listening. They're like, I love this league. I want to give some dough. What you need to do is to email Hannah. Basically, that's it. And then y'all can figure it out from there. Um, you know, we need everything from ordering new pylons for all the teams and new banners and everything to paying for the league insurance and all that stuff. So, you know, the money that you donate goes right to like real things, you know, even things you might see on the field. So um, thanks to everybody who has donated and donated. And thanks to Hannah for the work you've done doing some of that fundraising. Um, last piece real quick. Uh, I wanted a quick personal update. Both of y'all are involved in some really cool stuff, some art and also a film. Uh, can you give me a quick update on the sky's red film, Julia? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's going really well. We took the terabytes and terabytes of footage that we got back in 2018 on our four month road trip. And we, uh, have turned that into both a shorter three minute trailer and a 10 minute piece. Um, we're still kind of in the weeds trying to secure more funding. Um, you know, just like the PUL making a feature film takes uh, a lot of, a lot of capital. And so we're still working with people in and out of the ultimate community to secure some of that funding so we can go further into post-production. Um, but we, you know, we have, pretty much all the footage we need with maybe just a couple later check-ins with some of our protagonists, but, um, yeah, it's going well. We're figuring out a lot of the, a lot of the behind the scenes and the business stuff that comes with it too. Probably like 70 terabytes of hard drives stored in different places around the country. Um, oh my gosh. Different copies of the footage. So that's smart though. You know, something, yeah. whatever, something happens here. <laughs> They're okay over there. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, and Hannah, most folks already know, but you're, you're an artist as well. Uh, I see your stuff come through on for sale on your, it's at Hannah leather studios. Is that right? On Instagram? Yep, that's right. Um, I, my Instagram handle, which is where I do most of my communicating is at Hannah leathers underscore studio. Yep. Nice. There was some new pieces just up yesterday. What were they? There are, there are. Yeah. I did a little uh, collection for Valentine's day of these odd little, um, little faces. Um, and I'll also give another quick plug. I'm not sure if folks, know this, but um, I did a, a rebrand for someone who's actually also involved in the poll. Um, her name is Zara Kadu. She is an assistant coach for the Gridlock this year, um, and she owns um, what used to be a 
personal consulting company and they have now rebranded into um, more of a collective um, that is now called Both And and they do um, diversity and equity um, consulting, strategic planning, coaching, lots of just like incredible work. So I got to do their rebrand, which was awesome. Um, so I highly recommend you checking out their stuff too. Nice. Congrats on getting that done. And thanks for joining me, allowing me to join y'all on our first episode of season two, episode one of the PUL podcast, The Pulp, as Maddie Fry likes to call it. I'm still not quite settled on The Pulp being the name, but you Is it because you don't like orange juice pulp? No, I no, I, you know, I do like full pulp orange juice. I do. <laughs> I think <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know why. It just has like it's like ninety percent there for me. But we'll we'll coconut just water pulp. we'll keep drinking coconut water. Yeah, no, I'm not into that kind of. <laughs> anyway, this podcast is going to happen. I think every other week until the season starts, and then we're going to be kicking it every week with some guests and more rumors and lots of you know just hopefully fun stuff for y'all to listen to. Um, so thanks for listening. Any final words from y'all too? Nope. Some- thanks for having us on Bonesaw. This- <laughs> yeah, thanks Bonesaw. This pulp is the best. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. See ya. Bye. <laughs> All right, we did it. <laughs> I'm so sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Julia.